Quite the Thing Media, we aim to bring you the best podcasts produced by independent creators, made without constraints. Hello everyone, welcome back to What a Maneuver here on Quite the Thing Media. Uh, my name's Simon, as you know, I'm here with Kev as per usual. Um, we've got a good topic to discuss this week after uh, last week's Bret Hart double bill. That was pretty well received uh, by everybody and um, thanks for all the comments he's all left. Um, tonight also got a special guest, so without further ado, we've got young Xander here with us. Xander, how are you mate? Welcome to the show. Hi, I'm very well mate, thanks for having me on. Um, you guys know I love talking wrestling, so it's great to be here man, thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, it's good to hear you again. Xander was in one of our other shows that we do on one of our networks. Um, he's always a good voice to, to hear about modern wrestling, and that's what kind of where we're going with tonight's subject. Um, so it's one that Kev is not really a big fan of, so <laughs> in time we're going to get him into it, we think, because there's rumours, well, there are probably more than rumours now, that there's certain big names that are on the verge of joining all elite wrestling. That's led by Tony Khan, who runs Fulham Football Club as well, if you know all this stuff over in the UK. So, Kev, um, we've heard about these big names coming in, obviously the two names that everyone was talking about for a couple of weeks' time, CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. Xander, you've, you're like me, you watch all the wrestling every other week, so we, we kind of know what to expect when they, when they come in, that they, they two will be going straight to the top of the card, but Kev, you're a big CM Punk fan, this is really something you've been waiting on for a number of years. You you probably thought he would come back home to WWE, but the bridges have been bumped bump there a long time ago. I, uh, they, <laughs> they're not so much burnt as totally cremated. <laughs> um, the question I ask you two lads, and like you say, I'm glad to have Xander on, because Xander is like me, maybe 25 years ago or something like that, where you just can't <laughs> consume enough wrestling. Obviously, he's young, he's into wrestling and all sorts of other things that young people are into. He, he likes a bit of the PlayStation and stuff like that. Um, but he's got time in his hands and he watches all the modern stuff, all the, the Suck de Soleil. He watches New Japan right. Strong Style. He watches, you can't say knockers, actual Suck de Soleil performer in WWE just now. What's his name? Reginald? Reginald, yeah. That they actually got from Suck de Soleil. <laughs> um, but Xander watches all of this and he's a he's a much better wrestling fan than I am but I I am a big CM Punk fan I I believe that when you certainly when we were young say si, we picked wrestlers that we could relate to and yep. like I, I loved Hulk Hogan I wanted to be Hulk Hogan when I was young you were pretty much probably like me mate where you tried to rip your t-shirt and failed many a time uh, yep. Get in trouble for trying to rip your t-shirt and stuff like that. <laughs> As yep. you got older, I enjoyed Steve Austin. We obviously know that you're a you're a Bret Hart fan. I've often seen you slicking your hair back and, and wearing pink when I was. Oh, yes. But the 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 last wrestling hero I had was CM Punk. CM Punk and me were quite similar in a lot of ways. We we enjoy tattoos. We don't drink. We don't do drugs. We're atheists and we're a bit of prick sometimes if we're going to be really, really honest. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love CM Punk. I, I love the rise of Punk. I love the summer of Punk. Even though WWE proceeded to ruin it by hot shot in the angle, who knew that that was something WWE would ever do? 
And I did. I, I thought he would go back to WWE. I thought there was more money there. I thought there was more exposure there for him, I suppose, is the word. But it looks, for all intents and purposes, like he is going to join Tony Khan's AEW. And I said, I just thought I would ask you two boys to discuss it. Do you think it's the right place for him? And if it is or it isn't, wherever he ends up, what sort of stories would you book him and how would you book Punk? And then, of course, we can come on and talk about the other wee guy who I'm not really that much of a fan of, Daniel Bryan. I think he's fine. I think he's a fine worker, but he's far too small to be a WWF champion. But he was multiple times, so... Anyways, so, probably, so, it's always Jinder Mahal, but he's a great captain as well. But. In the last 10 years, he's probably been the most popular in the whole company. So, that is, he got the people behind him. That was part of the appeal. Xander, um, AEW, we have watched it since the start. What drove you... To watch, start watching it. Was it WWE's product was on the wane? Was it just an alternative? Because that's what I felt when I first started. What it was an alternative? Because I was watching. I've been watching WWE now for over thirty years. Coming on thirty six now, so I've been watching it since I was five year old. So it just kind of got a bit serious in the last eighteen months or so, and same old faces, same storylines, same matches every other week or on. AEW, you don't really see that uh, weekly, you don't see the same match weekly so it is fresh, there's always something going on so, what drove you to watch AEW? No, honestly mate, it's probably the same as you uh, just just something different uh, something something new um, something that was going to be shot straight to the top as well, you know, it wasn't sort of like a thing where, oh we'll build this up a wee bit we'll get some guys in, some girls in uh, we'll build from the bottom here we'll get a TV deal at some point in the line. Like they had this all straight away yeah, uh, which which I think was what brought a lot of people ahead because it's kind of like oh there's a new wrestling show and oh wait they've got a new TV deal and they've got all these big names in so I, I'll, I'll give this a go. That was kind of my my thought process behind it as well. You know, it wasn't something that was kind of like ah oh, Tony Khan's got a little uh, fever dream of a, of a wrestling show and he wants to go from the bottom up here. He's actually got proper proper stuff going on right from the bat and I think um, I think that's helped AEW a lot and and it's what drove me towards it. It's kind of like you know you got. Big names like Kenny Omega in there. You've got uh, Hangman Page in there. You had the uh, deal with New Japan quite early as well. Like that, that a lot of mm-hmm. that really, really uh, drove me towards watching it because WWE do have a, a New Japan deal with uh, apparently, but I, I don't know what they're doing with it right now. So, uh, so it, it, it seems like AWs is much much better, uh, which I'm happy with because I, I love seeing uh, the Japanese guys just getting on that American yeah. stage, and I, I, I love just how. Sorry, go on. No, I was going to say, I don't think that you'll see a lot of the New Japan stuff on WWE TV, because one of the titles just changed hands on AEW, didn't it, the other week, when was it Archer won the, one of the New Japan Pro Wrestling titles, I can't remember what won, but he won, the US he won so, I can't, uh, so I kind of see that being like, allowed to happen and that being defended on uh, WWE TV, so I don't know what's happening with that right now, but no, as you say, it's something different. I mean, both the stars from all over the world are coming in. Even if they're only in it for a couple of weeks, it's something fresh, and then another band of guys come in. So, it's for me, it's it's definitely something fresh. It's exciting. It's still lacking that wee bit of extra star power, as, as well as they've done building certain ones up. And the ratings that they get, there's over a million viewers each week. So, they'll, they'll want to keep pushing it and pushing it, because if they can get 
the two guys in, a couple of us, because a lot of releases in the last couple of days, like the likes of NXT and who else knows who's going to survive until we have a longer term. If any of these bigger names come over, there's going to be a lot of questions because a lot of the established stars are going to be either pushed to the side. So look at Hangman Page, he was set to headline the next uh, pay-per-view and now he looks as if he's completely off the card but I think his wife's about to give birth as well so I think they've given him the time off which has kind of worked in nicely with the arrival of the other two so he shouldn't feel too hard done by I think he'll be back to the top of the card as soon as he's back and ready and that'll be a good so uh, I think if you get, get we'll discuss it later when we see about the feuds that these guys can do so Hindman Page could slot back in at the top of the card easy and align with well, at least a CM Punk, no problem for a night or two just to, to battle the likes of Omega and whatnot. But, um, Kev, you've obviously not seen a lot of the main eventers in AEW close at hand. Um, I know you're not the biggest fan of Omega, but you think Jericho's going to be past his prime. What do you think um, would the current lot feel that these guys coming in? Well, I'm sorry, I'm just waiting Xander mentioned the big names he was talking about. He mentioned Kenny Omega and then just sort of stopped talking to him. We've got a GST there for um, those who, who follow all of wrestling. But, no, I mean, I was excited about AEW when it started. I thought, here we go, here's something fresh, here's something different. And they spoke of sports-based wrestling. They were going to keep stats. They were going to do top tens and things like that but it's never really materialised and it's it's a wee bit farcical at times for every star that they've got worth watching like an MJF or stuff like that I think there's four, five, six, seven. I mean I'm on record to saying do you remember the first was it the first pay-per-view was it all in all out whatever it was yeah did you know we're talking about Royal were to be eliminated, your feet had to touch the floor. Uh, yeah. There was a guy yes. with no legs in it. Right? And this is for a world title shot. Now, I can take comedy on a wrestling show, but you don't put it in there when you're going to fight for the title, when you get a title opportunity in it. And people rave about Tony Khan calling of this parish. He's a bit of an AEW mark. He thinks they can't do any wrong. I think they could do so much better. Although a lot of different plays. I know they had a ropey couple of months when they were moved to Fridays and whatnot, but they've, they've kept their viewers above a million, which can only be good. I think the being heavily linked with Punk and Brian has put their ratings up there, and people are generally interested to see what's happening. Um, the biggest stars for me, I think MGF was gold. I, I love that guy. I loved him when I seen him on MLW. What was it? What was their show called? It was MLW. Um, I can't remember what it was called. I remember, and then I think I seen him on was it NWA when Corey was commentating, and he done a. He was just a brilliant job. He was sure it was a group at that point as well, and I thought this guy's gold. And then a few people sort of picked up on him, and then I thought it would do quite well. But he got aligned with Jericho, and that feud was all out of order. It was all out of sync, and they. That's still going. Oh, it's just it's just been it's been badly booked, it's been jumbled up and stuff like that and have been bad Monday night raw sketches as the great Brian Last calls them and stuff like that. So 
Jericho is a wee bit he's a wee bit like Hulk Hogan from back in the day where Jericho used to slate him because Hogan mm-hmm. would attach himself to like the cool angles and stuff like that. Uh, there's still value in Jericho but I don't think you want to be seeing Chris Jericho wrestle every single week. I know he's doing this labour thing with various yeah. bank robbers and stuff like that, isn't he? And then he fought Hubert Guerrera, who, I'm going to be honest, wasn't really over in the 90s, and I don't really know where he's been for the last 20 years, so it's not... Who's his latest one, by the way? Who's this week? Wardlow. Wardlow. Yeah. Okay. Um, so... I, there's like certain parts of AEW that's booked okay, and there's just certain parts that just baffle the whole life at you. Like Cody Rhodes is, remember did he say that he would never get a title shot? And then I think every time I've yeah. heard Cody Rhodes has had the best pal that's turned on him because like MGF was his pal for a while, he turned on him, and then there was yeah. QT Marshall, and then uh, there's several guys that just don't know what they're doing. I mean. It's just, ugh, it's a bit of a cluster for me and there's no sort of coherent path. I thought the Revival, when they moved over and became FTR, I thought they would be doing really well, but they could beat off the Young Bucks and then, again, they don't ever wrestle and they're, a, they're an absolute fantastic tag team, probably the best tag team in the world, going by the sort of matches that I like and the whole, what was their gimmick in WWF, no flips, just fists and stuff like that. Yeah. They did wonderful, wonderful, probably the best matches in 15, 20 years with like American Alpha and other guys that you will be able to ring off in NXT. So they're a great team. So that's like the MJF, even if you put him at like, uh, what is their IC level? The TNT title? Is that their sort of. Yeah, he'll like, get there eventually, yeah. I would put him at that level. I would try to build my tag division around the FTR and then on top. I know Omega, I don't like him. I think he's a dick. But he wrestled Block Dolls and all this absolute nonsense that Xander probably likes and Colin likes because Dave Meltzer gave it seven stars and stuff like that. But <laughs> I, I can accept that he's a decent wrestler. He's not massive. Oh, yes. I, I don't I, I don't sit here and go, oh, fuck, he's cool, man. I really wish I could finger point like him. Um, I think he's they do a lot too much stuff. He's, he's a very good heel champion. He's a cowardly that that way that you want to batter somebody. He is he's that type of champion, that chicken shit heel, as they call him. So he's doing last his job time, pretty well in that regard. Mm-hmm. Last time I watched it, he came out with a wee bulb that was sweeping the stage for him, and I said to Google why the wee bulb sweeping the stage, and uh, it's cleaner. Clean, cleaner or something. Don't yeah. even make that. Oh, thank God Vince doesn't know that. Can you imagine if he ever moved over? Vince would have him <laughs> a, a full dust cart and a French maid's outfit coming down the street <laughs> things or something. Um, but no, it's... As I say, when Punk and Brian eventually debut, it's going to be... I think it'll pop a number. It will pop a very big number. And we all suspect that CM Punk's going to debut is it a week on Friday. Yeah, the Chicago show, which again, eleven days from tonight. Eleven days from tonight, as Tony would say. <laughs> so let's start it now, right? CM Punk. Okay, we've got it confirmed. CM Punk. Are we all still well agree that that's the best place for him to go? Sam, uh, you rather see him elsewhere? New Japan. Right. Okay, but nobody watches that, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about maybe like a, a bigger promotion. 
no. Uh, see, I don't think he would bring ratings to New Japan. No, Do you I, think I, it I, would, it would be needle? Because did New Japan have a TV deal in America or anything like that? I know what GR was commentating. Yeah, on. I think they do, yeah. They, they, they've Not got a, a TV deal there. They, they don't have a good one here. Annoyingly, that's probably their issue. Um, Punk, Punk brings you ratings anywhere. Doesn't matter where he goes. He can go to MLW. He can go back to Ring of Honor. He can go to some rinky-dink bingo hall in, in Britain. He, he, he brings you numbers. It's CM Punk, for God's sake. Like, everyone wants him back. So, if he went to New Japan, it, it would pop. It would definitely pop a rating. And afterwards in New Japan, like... There's hundreds upon hundreds of matches I'd love to see him in New Japan. Uh, you know, just take away the weight class and just make Punk fight everybody, uh, in my opinion. But um, going to AEW for me is is a is a statement. I think it's a statement towards Vince to say like, hey, look, yeah. we can bring in these massive names back. Like you're taking massive names away from your company, so you know, balls in your court, mate. And, and yeah, I, I, I think that's absolutely correct. Like Vince and everyone that works at WWE has got a lot of work to do once uh, Punk and Brian debut, I think. Now, we could sit here for hours on end and discuss everything that's wrong with WWE just now, from the way they booked their television, from the way they... <laughs> and I don't even know how you want to say deal with their talent because... You could be main event in a pay-per-view one week and then the next week you're released. You could yep. be getting your, your wee clips coming on SmackDown ready for a re-debut like Alistair Black and then you're cut. You could be pushed to the moon with superpowers like Bray Wyatt and then you're cut. There's no rhyme or reason to it. And I think there's probably a core of, I don't know, 20 wrestlers or something that are safe over there. Apart from that, anyone else can be cut and I think they're going to destroy NXT and rip up everything that Triple H is sort of built up there. Um, but we're going to talk about Punk and we're going to talk about Brian. If they were back to WWE, I mean, you've seen it. What, what do you call the girl? And I forget her name. The one that quit or was fired over the the Twitch and stuff like that. H? No. No. Is it Vega? Something. Oh, something. yeah. She came back. She came back and she's nothing. She's absolutely nothing. WWE don't really know how to handle stars now, do they? They don't really know how to handle people that are making news. You just come in and be one of the roster. And I think that's... uh, Punk was going to AEW. He's obviously been given guarantees that he'll be what he'll have creative control or he'll be presented as a top guy or something like that. He's not coming in to appear in a battle royal. He is not no. coming in to feud with the wee fat guy with a mask at the Dark Order. What do you call him? Um, Evil Uno. Uno. Evil, yeah. right. <laughs> He's not coming in to feud with him, right? And i seen somebody say, or somebody asked a question, I think it was in Connie's drive-thru, would you bring him in to feud with Colt Cabana? No, mate. I would not bring CM Punk back after a seven or eight year wrestling Exodus to feud with Colt Cabana, yeah. right? Um, he's coming in, he's going for the top, he's going for the top spot. So, uh, maybe I'll ask you first, side, how would you book it? You, de- you debut PM Punk in Chicago, how do you book him, and when's the next pay per view? Is it? Uh, it's, 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 it's start of September, I think. Is it all out? Yeah. Uh, or is it, uh, 
Yes. So, th- so there you go. Tell me a story, say, how are you booking him? CM Punk, how does he debut? And we should say that we're recording this on the 22nd anniversary of Jericho's Monday Night Raw debut. For anyone that wants to feel old, you're welcome. So how are you debuting CM Punk? Give me the story and give me his first match and then how you're going to go after that. Go, side, paint your pick. Well, let me just, before I even start there, I was going to mention AEW's roster. It's very heavy. Do need to get rid of some people. I mean, we know WWE have done some people. There's guys sitting on that roster that need to go. So, apart from that, um, booking CM Punk, it's tough. Well, not really considered. People calling him out already. You've had Darby Allen, but I think that's just a tease for him. I don't think he's going to be the first few, even though that's what initially I felt was going to happen. I think it's going to be straight up. It's going to be... Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, they're going to come out, going to cut a promo on the crowd, and it's going to start the night off. You're not going to see CM Punk right to the bitter end, I don't think, of the show. I think what you'll see is, you'll see maybe some sort of tag match or something to end the night, Omega and the Bucks against whoever. Three teams, three guys that'll beat, no problem. They'll win that match, it'll be teased all night that someone's coming, that, 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 and then you'll get the big massive pop at the end, you'll get Omega running down the, the city again, saying that he's beat everyone that there is to beat. The usual, the big sort of grand returns, on, and then you'll get I'm wondering if you'll get Living Colour playing live, I think that would be pretty cool. I think that might happen. Um, they'll play him live to the ring that night. I think Everton's there for it to do. I think they started following Tony Khan and all Elite Wrestling on Twitter, so Aye, that's how I would do it. I would have them play up at the ring and the place go mental, have the stare down. They don't even need to touch. And they don't even need to, him and Omega, they don't even need to touch. It just needs to be the stare down in the middle of the ring. Then Punk just looks at the title and, and that's it. Really to go off the air, it just really sets you up for the following week, I think would be dynamite the following week. So, I mean, that's, hey, that's probably how. Pun, pun intended. Dynamite. Pun intended. That's so you're, you're going for the last. You're going to go off the air. Xander, yeah, you're looking for his first, ex- his first appearance. Because I don't know whether, if you're a TV company, if you want CM Punk out first, so that people start tweeting, start texting, saying, oh my God, CM Punk's debuted on Dynamite, so people turn on that show. But what would you do, Xander? First appearance, what would you do? First appearance has to be Chicago. If you want... I mean, crowd's going to go nuts for him anyway, regardless when he comes out. But a crowd that will really go apeshit is going to be Chicago. So I would have him come out in Chicago. However, now this is a really personal thing for me. And this is something that I really, really want to see. Because I think it would be so funny and just so lovely at the same time. I want Mark Henry to be in the ring, right? Hmm. I want him to be discussing how he's now a scout for AEW. And he goes and finds all this new talent. And he goes and maybe grabs old talent. That might have been in different companies uh, to bring to AEW. And he discussed how, you know, everyone that's came back to the wrestling business to, to be a promo guy or to uh, be a mouthpiece for someone, they've all got someone in their corner now. Or they're in the corner for someone, rather. But he doesn't have anyone yet. And so what if he picks just one guy that they sign in the next couple of months that he could be in the corner for? And that's when you hear CM Punk's music and Mark Henry as CM Punk's manager. Now, of course, CM Punk doesn't need a mouthpiece, which is why as soon as Punk gets in the ring, 
Henry passes the mic over because he knows CM Punk can talk for himself. He doesn't need a mouthpiece, but he might need a guy for him. I mean, he does big, big guy who... I mean, look, Mark Henry is old, right? But he's still a former World's Strongest Man. You're not going to mess with a former World's Strongest Man. He's still a really, really big guy. So I, I would have Mark Henry be the Kevin Nash to CM Punk Shawn Michaels. Just a really, really big sort of bodyguard walking around with them. You know, have them in backstage, have them in backstage segments where someone might try to step up to Punk because, you know, he's the, he's the massive name back on the block. And then Mark Henry steps in for him being like, what are you, what are you trying to do here? Are you, are you trying to start something? Nobody wants to start anything because it's Mark Henry. No, no one wants to start anything because he steps in the way. So I would have, I would genuinely have Punk just be a little bit of a, of a have Mark Henry be a little bit of a scapegoat for a bit. Um, you know, have have all the stare downs that you want with Punk because whoever he stares down, the place is going to go nuts for him because it's CM Punk. Doesn't matter who he steps in the ring with, whether it would be a Coke or it would be you know the, the current champion Kenny Omega. Really doesn't matter. People just want to see Punk in the ring again, uh, and, and they really don't care. And I, I think for All Out, you don't have a match for him. I think what you do with him is you do what you did with John Cena uh, at WrestleMania. Have him be in the crowd. Have a front, have a front seat ticket for the crowd, and Mark Henry stands right next to him, just look, just looking massive. Kind of like how you know Brock Lesnar would look like in WWE for a lot. Just have him, just have him look like a massive big guy, and have Punk be in the front seat, just watching everything that's going down, uh, all the matches they get announced. Which I think right now is a twenty-one women's battle royal for the future women's championship match. Like, yeah, doesn't need to watch that, but because that's maybe <laughs> the new show. But you know, have have a watch the main show. Have not watched everything that's going down, have not watched all the matches, have people point at him and stuff or whatever, because, you know, everyone's going to want to concentrate on Punk anyway. I wouldn't have him on the card, though. The next card I would have him on is Full Gear, which I believe is uh, November, December time. I think <clears> there's a Full Gear. So I, I would have him be on that card, and I would probably have him face High Man Page, because I, 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 I like the idea of the the sort of drunk cowboy bum against the, the straight edge superstar. So I, I, I would that's how I would debut Punk. Are you going to turn up heel? Because that sounds that's, very, very much like a heel. That's very heel, yeah. Just have, I just have him be a, a, a pure dick about it. Why not? You, you are <laughs> now the biggest name in wrestling. So, or just be a total cunt. You don't need to do anything for anybody. So many people want to see you, but do you really want to be back? Like, just be a total cunt about it. Uh, I have no doubt that it seems you are CM Punk to be a heel. I think, Sai, you mentioned this. Like, remember when Jericho came back and... yeah. Came out and never said it. Can you imagine if, if Punk came back and just said, "Tony Khan just gave me all this money." Yeah, and he's asked me and like went live and says, "Look, I've I've got a contract that's for three matches a year or four matches a year, whatever it is. I'm going to take my time to decide when I'm going to fight, who I'm going to fight, blah blah blah." CM Punk could be that. He could be that dick. Yeah. When are you debuting on paper of your side? Are you going to go with all in, all out, whatever the next one is? Oh, or are you going to... yeah. Straight in for the title at the next pay per view is what I'm going with. So I wouldn't have him win it, though. I'd, I'd screw him out and let him chase for a bit. I probably I would do that. But no, straight into the title picture. For me, I like I said, I would have him come out, whether it's just him in the middle of Chicago, right at the start of the show. You could even. Tease something. You could even do the whole limo thing and then have somebody like MJF come out. Give him Cody some again. <laughs> well, Cody's tied up with that Alistair Black, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. that's a good that's I, a good I know MJF's in with Jericho, but 
you could still have MJ out. You could do the whole limo. Oh, who's this pulling up? Who's this pulling up? And like you say, you would get that. Oh, who is it? Who is it? Who is it? And it outsticks MJF. So there you go. There you've got the heel. He would come out, do his promo. Who are you expecting? Are you expecting someone else? Because I'm the biggest star in this town. Blah, 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 blah. Then the music hits. Out comes punk. And as I say, if you do that, the opening of your show, people go on Twitter, people, it trends, people start texting their pals, saying, oh, fuck's getting punked, just debuted on AEW. Their debut, well, it's going to be a Friday night show, isn't it? So they yep. want people to start tuning in. To me, that's how you get that boost. Don't get me wrong, any one of the ideas I think is good, but if you debut him, remember what they used to do with Raw? Remember Raw would start with a segment, back when Raw was good, yeah. and they would do that, do things like, Go, okay, we'll just go one. Here, Austin's coming into the building, and you just get like 10 seconds of Austin walking through the door and dumping his bag. What's Austin going to do next? Click. Then you go to the ad break. So people are tuned in, wanting to see what's going to happen next. What's, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's just 10 seconds of Austin. No, no, like the last five, six, seven years when, remember when Daniel Bryan and Punk were on Raw, and they, one of them would come out and open the segment, then they'd be out at the end of one doing a backstage thing, and then eventually there was their match. So you see them like three or four or five times a night, but just tease it. Because Dynamite's still almost two hours. Me personally, I would I can need to try and remove Jericho from the MGF equation. Yeah. Whether you yeah. have Ward or Batter Jericho or have it just later in the night or something like that. Because you've got all lots of teases. Like you've history between Punk and Jericho. Like you see you could rub him up against Colt Capana and how just the wee glances and stuff backstage depending if you want to have him as a face have him as a heel you could show him going back to his big dressing room full of expensive crap and nobody else yeah. has got well so the boys are all changing do whatever you want I'd love to see him go up against MGF I think that would be a a great verbal feud as his first match and then like you say if you put him out against the champion and then maybe second pay-per-view. For me, I would have them get a win first, get the feel-good factor back, whether that's against MGF or whether it's against someone. I, mean, I don't really watch the pro- I know people watch him up against Eddie Kingston, even if it was just on the on the mic. Because yeah, a few yeah, people on the, the, the thread said that today, that they are dynamite. Dean Ambrose, or whatever he's called now, um, Moxley, I, I'm not a big fan of. I remember listening to his interview when he left WWE, and I think it was Jericho's show he was on, and he was going yeah. to say, he said how excited he was to be have the shackles taken off and really get his character out on the road. And it just seems to be all this deathmatch stuff he's doing, and that's never really been my bag. Um, yeah. So for me, it would be MGF and then build a big feud with uh, Omega, and I do think you put the belt on him. But that's that to me, that's the thing that gets the, the, the buzz, and that's the thing that gets people tuning in even if it's just for the punk segments. But the whole point is that you, you get eyes on your product and then they might actually say, oh, this this guy's quite good, or why is this guy standing with his hands in his pockets? Let's keep watching. Um, stuff like that. But let's talk about the other one, Daniel Bryan. I've seen somebody ask this question today on a thread, and somebody said to me they'd like to see them lead the Dark Order. Aye, I think that's a now, I'm going to be honest, mate, that, that was the wackiest idea I heard until you said that you had put Mark Henry as CM Punk's manager. I, I thought that was the sort oh, of way I decided I would hear it. Could you imagine, like, 
Punking MGF having a pure promo feud and then like MGF's gonna hit him and Mark Henry steps in the way, that that'd be cool. Like Is Mark Henry fit though? Like was I thought he was in yeah, no, a wheelchair, but I thought he, he was bad with like walking and stuff. No, like that. no, that was just a gimmick that he's hundred percent enough. Um he'd be good to go in the ring again. I, I, I doubt he will, but he'd be good to, like, you know, it's the same with Big Show, like they they two will probably be good to go again to wrestle, but they probably won't just because they've got different roles now in the AW. It could probably be good for a battle royal spot, one of them. Yeah. Getting the toss at some of the jobbers, but Daniel Bryan, what's your thoughts on him? Because you get CM Punk going for your world title. Xander's got him as a, a wee bit of a heel, I think. Uh, mm. Sire, I may as well ask you first, what are you doing with Daniel Bryan? I mean, that, that, I felt that joining the Dark Order thing was a pretty good idea, but you would really need to turn them, as they're kind of that comedy wearing now, so you would need to turn them full-blown full heel and a real cult, but You've got possibly Wyatt will be coming in there in the, in the next couple of months as well with him. But as far as Brian goes, I mean, I was twisting and turning as to whether to say to have him and Punk debut on the same night and be sort of aligned for a while. But I'm thinking keep his debut back for this show they're doing in New York, the big one at the Flushing Meadows they're doing. I think yeah. So you know, twenty thousand tickets for that as well. So. That's a big WWF town up in WWE town up in New York, so he'll get that reaction if he comes out then. So it's best to save him for that. Now I'm trying to think who to put him straight in with. It's it's strange. I don't want him anywhere near Cody Rhodes, even though it'll be an okay match. Not a big Cody Rhodes fan, as we all know, but it's 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 a tough one because he's he's going to be seen as a lesser of the two coming in and that, that that's not the way that it should be. I mean Brian's had the more successful in ring career in the last couple of years after coming back for injury, so he's going to be the one that's in most of our memories fresh. So he's got to come in quite high up the card as well and it's quite hard to see where it happens just now unless he's going to be going into that sort of TNT title sort of mix for facing Miro or um, if, if he loses that something like that but I don't know it's, it's going to be strange how they present him are they going to make him a heel I think they, they might get away with doing it they can get away with a, a week or two with the reactions when coming back so no I, I'm really struggling to see how they, they put him in apart from going for the TNT title straight away unless they do they could do him and Punk together against the Elite and bring Hangman Page back in and have the M go up against the Bucks and Omega, but it, it, it's a really tough one to call. Mm. I don't know what you do with Daniel Bryan. <laughs> to me, I think he's famously been called a B-plus player, and I think that's fair. Uh, I don't think he's tall enough. I don't think he's built enough to be taken seriously as a, as a champion. I, I think he's a great guy to have in your roster. And probably the best thing, remember earlier on I spoke about how I identified CM Punk, because I, I, sort of, I like his sort of personality traits, and I think he's believable, and I think he believes what he says most of the time. Daniel Bryan, to me, he's a wee guy, right, who's a vegan, and he's into saving the planet and all this stuff. Yeah. That, that's no, that's like probably as far away from me as you could possibly get. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm out there, like, he's all canisters to kill the ozone there or something like that, but... You know what I mean? He's just—he's one of the wee guys. It's just, uh, yeah, I'm a vegan. I right, mate. No, you told us every twenty minutes. That's fine. But I, I did quite like the. Remember the heel champion stuff and he the was a wooden world title belt stuff. I thought that was great writing. But seeing that sort of turning his 
own personal traits. That's just turning the volume up to like 11. <laughs> you know, and who did he know a bodyguard as well? Who was his bodyguard again? I can see him. Who was the guy that was with him? He was kicking about AEW for a cup of coffee, wasn't he, with a, after Brody died? Right? His was uh, just, uh, yeah, that, just that one and done. That, yeah. that was, it was really nice to know that, actually. I, I really enjoyed that. To, to me, there's only one, I know we're getting off on a tangent here, but as anyone that's ever listened knows the time to do that, but to me, there's only one person, if you want to make that Dark Order successful, and that's bringing Bray Wyatt. Now, yeah. You obviously need to watch with how you present him. I wouldn't be giving him magic powers or a, a fun house or any of that absolute bollocks, but I, I think if you bring him in and try and make them heels again and try and get some sort of cult thing on the go. Uh, that's how you... Because I don't think they're going to give up with that gimmick. They seem to want to push that for whatever reason. I don't know whose favourite it is, if it's the Young Bucks or if it's Kenny or whatnot. But to me, the, the only person that can really get that going again would be uh, Bray Wyatt. I, said, yeah. I love the original Wyatt family. I thought that was the best that they used Wyatt. I, he's one of these guys where he's not the best in the ring, but Telling stories, having guys work for him, do his dirty work, and then eventually getting the payoff, like a a working manager sort of thing. I think that's the best role for him. But I used to at the beginning, they need to start letting some of these guys go. Though it's a bit, it's a bit. So many, yeah. There must be at least thirty, forty wrestlers that could go, and you wouldn't miss them. Oh, I mean, I say I don't watch the the YouTube. I don't even watch Dynamite ninety nine percent of the time. But there's like, if you go back and look to that original Battle Royal, it's probably yeah. some of the people like your Sonny Kisses of the world and all that that are still under contract. And you're like, why have you still got these guys? Um, but for me, Daniel Bryan, where do you put him? Because if you bring him in at the same time as Punk, Punk, I think, overshadows him because, like you said, Punk's been away for so many years and Daniel Bryan's recently been on WWE TV. Uh, Miro would be a good fit for him but again then you could be accused of just ex-WWE guys going up against each other Yeah, I think I think that's trickier um, eventually down the road again this could be a year, it could be six months or whatever, if you've got Punk feuding with Omega you could have something like so who's the elite, Kenny Omega the young Buck, who else? Is, is it Adam Page? No, he's out yet. Yeah. He's been out yet for a while. Um, he yeah. was one of them, wasn't he? Yeah. I've not followed it in ages, I because they, they had, they even had uh, what's his face there, uh, Marty Skull in there at some point yeah. for a while, but he's not in there. I, I, I've, I've lost. Gallows <laughs> I've lost and Anderson, they're uh, Don Callis is in it now. Right, yeah. So there you go, right? there's five guys, right? Uh, Omega, the Bucks, and Gallows and Anderson, right? Say you said that was a team for, like, if you're doing a sort of, uh, I don't want to say NWO style story, but yeah, an style story. And then you had CM Punk going to and fro for the belt, right? But then Punk needs some backup, but Punk's a loner. And Sai, we discussed this last week, Canadian Stampede style match. Mm-hmm. If you yeah. have those five, CM Punk needs help. He looks around, he's got Daniel Bryan. Who else would be in that team? You could have Jericho if he was to sort of split away from his gang. Hangman would go in because he's, he's, he's a top baby face in the company right now. So. And the other one, I think it would need to be Cody. Oh, 
Well, aye, I suppose. It and then be. you could probably you remember that photo that was taken? Was it must be about ten years ago now? When it was Punk the WWE champ was Brian the World Champ and yeah, yeah, uh, Cody was the IC champ as well. So you could put that all in there. But yeah. Xander, what are you doing? How do you solve a problem like well? We're saying Daniel Bryan, it'll be Brian Danielson who will have to go back to using his old gimmick. Where did you put Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, honestly, like, you, you guys have hit the nail on the head. Like, it, it, this isn't easy, having like two massive names in wrestling uh, debut in a short, short period. Because like, e- even if you have Punk debut soon, you're not going to like wait a year or, or like, six months for Daniel Bryan to debut because they're both signed in the same... They both signed around the same time, so you're going to want these guys in straight away to compete with Monday Night Raw and, and, and SmackDown, you know. Um, I, I, like, I like what you guys are going for, though, with like Bray Wyatt being a, a part of the, the Dark Order and stuff. And see, to be honest, keep the keep the spooky shit with them. I, I honestly, like, for, for your show to work on a Friday night, now SmackDown, of course, is doing much better numbers than Raw right now. And when AEW was on Friday nights, it wasn't doing so great. It was doing nowhere near as well as it's doing right now on the Wednesday again. So if, if you want your Rampage show to do well, that has to be completely different to AEW. That you, you can't have your Friday night show feel like AEW light. You don't want it to feel like that. You, you don't want it to be like SmackDown was for, what, like six, seven years? Uh, between, like... 2005 and like 2015 or whatever, like you see that 10 year period where Smackdown just felt like, oh, let's throw the Raw guys in there where like they're not getting as much time on Raw, so we'll throw them on like the Smackdown show and they can do some shit on there. Like, you don't want it to feel like the lighter show or like the the worse show than what you've already got going on. You want it to feel different. You want it to feel unique. You want people to tune in because that's already different to what you're offering on Dynamite. You want Rampage to feel different. And I think if you had guys like that, uh, Brian Danielson in there uh, being like the sort of main top guy that's always in like you know the main event or like on the last segment of the show have him be in that type of area and then having like the Dark Order in there as well with Bray Wyatt and you know, and you know what have a storyline where those guys are trying to recruit Daniel Br- uh, uh, sorry Brian da- that's going to get <laughs> that's not, I'm not going to get used to that uh, Brian Danielson ch- try and recruit him into the Dark Order you know just do the whole Wyatt family thing again like yeah it's not going to feel different but Having that sort of main big storyline on your new show could it, it could work for a while, you know. Having a uh, Brian Danielson versus Bray Wyatt, yeah, we've seen it before, but before it was actually a good match as well. Just do that again because on AEW Dynamite you've got you know your new big guy CM Punk doing all this new type of stuff. So have Brian Danielson do his own little thing on Rampage. Um, might start off a bit slow, but it's going to start off slow anyway. And I don't know what the future would hold for Rampage. Are they gonna have another main championship like they do in I WWE? Think they should, like, yeah, yeah. With like, yeah, if they, if they do Universal in WWE, kind of like, kind of like that way. If they do it that way, then I would have Brian Danielson be your first champion at that point. If they have Kenny Omega on both shows, I really don't know how you book that because at some point he's gonna have to lose the Hangman Page, and if he does lose the Hangman Page, does he lose straight away to like a heel CM Punk if they do turn him heel or not, or does he lose to a Brian Danielson because? At that point, you're going to start asking questions of why you're putting massive money on these two guys and they're not the champion yet, you know? Like you say, I think if Tony Khan could have picked this, he would have picked like one maybe six months ago and one in another yeah. six months. But he's getting 
a bit like a football team signing two, two new strikers at the same time. We, you thought you were only going to get one, but somehow you end up with both. So it's going to be really, really... I'll say, well, it'll be interesting. It will be interesting. And that's maybe why you put Punk as a heel, just to sort of change it up a wee bit so that you've got a, a new number one heel and you've got a very good baby face, whether he's number one when he comes in, whether they team together or whether they don't even interact for months and months on the roster. It's lots and lots of things you could do. Um, please tell us your opinions, your feedback, what you think, or if you're not like us and you think they should both go back to WWE, then let us know. <laughs> Just get, I, I, many people do because many people like don't want to see Daniel Bryan go back to Brian Danielson and Alexander's right, that is going to get... It's a bit like... If you ever listen to podcasts, they all go WWF, eh, WWE, and it's like, it's okay, yeah. you know who you're talking about, it's fine, it's cool, don't worry about it, just, just move on. Um, but the last thing I want to talk to you is about is pitfalls. To me, they need to watch when they bring in so much talent, it can go two ways. It can go the way of WCW when they joined WWE in 2001, where they all get treated like jobbers, um, and then they get squashed. Which I don't think would happen because Punk, I think, is very, very, very picky about what he does and yeah. why he does it. Um, but on the other hand, you've got to watch the local full TNA of 2009, 2010 when you bring all these guys and you put them over your established talent. And for anyone that watched TNA, do you ever watch TNA back then, Xander? Um, no, I never watched it in what is known as like the glory days of TNA. I, unfortunately, I, I sort of missed that time. Uh, I, I've kind of just. I've got I've got into impact in the last couple of years where you know people are saying like oh it's never going to be the same again but I'm just sort of thinking like this isn't that bad actually it's pretty alright. Um, well, TNA used to be really really good um, when they had a whole host of people coming through like Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, um, Motorcycle Machine Guns were really good to watch and stuff like that. And then Bischoff and Hogan come in and nasty boys and all that were back and you like mate the nasty boys weren't really good 20 years ago and you're you're putting them on our telly in 2010 and they put all their talent over the TNA talent and it sort of worked its way up so that's sort of and AJ Styles doing a nature boy gimmick with Ric Flair and you're like AJ Styles is not a nature boy he is the total opposite and they had him in robes and stuff like that and you're like right man we just need to stop here and and Ty, did you watch it then? And they Hulk Hogan give Abyss's yeah. Hall of Fame ring, and oh, it was it was horrible to watch. But aye, that when well, I, I suppose it wasn't really their fault. I know they came that Bischoff involved as well, and things kind of went tits up. That's when they well, I, in twenty ten they tried to get go head to head with Raw for a couple of weeks. That was just a non-starter because WWE just decided to bring Bret Hart back and just killed him in the ratings. <laughs> I um, it's uh, I it was it's twenty ten. You're right, and I think that was was it might even be the first week. Somebody could tell us, but I'm pretty sure it was the first week they brought Brett back. You're right, you're right, and they sort of squashed yep. him and, and impacted like Jeff Hardy on it, and I'm sure X Park was there and Hall and oh. Hall was still in a bad place. To be fair, Bishop Bishop says that he had nothing to do with creative. It was he was there to look after Hogan, and that was it. It was, it was nothing. He was no responsible for the show and stuff like that. Yeah, but um, Bishop says a lot of things, doesn't he? I was going to say Bishop does say a lot of things, and 
um, going to be the first wee porky he's told but is there any other pitfalls that they need to watch out? I'll ask for you first Sanders anything else that they need to be wary of do or not do yeah, honestly, yeah, just don't don't blow your load. Like don't um don't debut both of them in like the same in, in like a couple of weeks' time and then have them face off against each other on like the second or third pay per view. Don't you, you don't need to do that. You can totally run it up just like you do with Hangman Page and Omega. Like you you know, they built that for over two years now. Uh, and then it's been a great build to watch. You can do that with Punk and, and, and Brian. You don't have to or, or Danielson, I suppose you'd be called in. You don't have to do that with those guys. You can Wait, wait it out so so long, and like, and, and as I say, like, I think the best action to do there would be have both these guys be the guy on their own shows. Don't um, like, I wouldn't have Danielson, for instance, come out on like the first segment on Dynamite and then Punk end the segment on Dynamite. I think that's just too much. I think you've got to have one guy on Dynamite and then one guy on Rampage because then it gets your viewers watching both shows rather than just thinking. Oh well, Danielson and Punk are on AEW Dynamite, so I'm going to watch Dynamite. And Rampage has got like Sonny Kiss and Wallow, so I'm not watching that. Mm-hmm. Like you want, you want to have these guys separated out. You want to keep them apart as well. Obviously, as I mentioned, for ages, you know, don't, don't even acknowledge each other. Do you know what I mean? Just say I'm the guy on this show because you are the guy on that show. Do you know what I mean? There's no one else competing with you right now. You're the biggest name on the current show you're on. So just don't even acknowledge each other. Have have fans on like. Twitter or you know thread and stuff just constantly talk about how they need to put them together and fight each other but don't do it yet like don't even bring it up or mention it just have them stay apart uh, and make it just feel different because I think that's the way uh, AEW itself is gonna go from like 1.1 million viewers to like 1.5 or 6 million viewers like that is gonna really jump up their viewer count just keeping those guys apart from each other and having them do their just their own thing because no matter how you write them, people are going to watch it as well, and then they will have their own, you know, like, they, they will have their own, like, creative control in, in some sort of way, they'll have a, a sort of saying stuff, so, and, and they guys know how to book themselves, you know what I mean, they're not they're not idiots, they're not kind of like, you know, Hall and Nash back in the day, where they just wanted to, you know, beat Goldberg's record, for instance, right, because that was really, really dumb, so, you, you, what, what they, they'll know what they're doing, they know what's best for business, you know what I mean, like, they, they, they know what they're doing. Uh, one of the biggest, one of the biggest things you need to watch out for though is Punk taking a break. That was a massive reason to why he left WWE. Vince would never give him a break. You know, he'd maybe take a couple of days off, and then a couple of days later, Vince is following him like, "Are you ready to come back, kid?" Like, yeah, he 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 want a break at some point because it, um, he he was because he was only doing one show a week that in that time anyway. So if he's doing one show a week this time around, he want another break at some point. So you can maybe have that break in there. Have Brian, have Danielson show up on AEW Dynamite at that point as well, being like, where's the top guy here? And that's when you plant the seed there and stuff. Like, that, that's how you do that. You don't bother with them straight away. Don't, don't blow your load is basically the short version of what I'm trying to say. Words to live by. Very <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> much. Uh, trust me, been there, done that, got that t-shirt. Um, Sai, anything they should avoid doing or they should definitely do? Well, we mentioned you've mentioned the roster's quite bloated already as well. So no, they need to they need to trim that down first before they. I don't want to see CM Punk Daniel Bryan against guys like whoever these who who who's the hybrid two Sonny Kiss guys like they're just jobbers. They've got no place in you. They wouldn't even have a place in an indie fed really. They're just not good wrestlers at all. So I don't want to see anything like that. I want to see guys like that released. To be honest with you, and hopefully that will start soon. 
I don't think they'll go in Brian and Punk. They won't go in with big egos or anything. They, I mean, at the end of the day, they'll be, they're friends with a lot of the, the top guys in there. Jericho, Cody Rhodes, even Omega and Brian. They're close because well, Punk as well. Cause they were all close on the Indies as well. And that's where, they, that's where these guys all originated from. Young Bucks as well. CM Punk. I mean, they all came through in the Indies scene together. So they know each other. There's no going, there's no going to be much jealousy, I don't think. Um running behind the scenes in that respect because CM Punk and Brian started out in the Indies and, and this is they, they, they realise that these guys are going to be bringing in big money for the company now and this is really they need to get on get on the train and go for the ride because if it takes off as well as what everybody thinks it will I mean the ratings will go through the roof I think with the initial couple of debuts of the two of them so I wouldn't debut many more after it. I, I wouldn't be signing the likes of Strowman. Wouldn't sign him. Don't think he's suited at all to AEW. I would sign Wyatt. I would probably put him in. He could give him that supernatural gimmick of some sort of description if you want. I mean, he feuds are teed up there. He could go in with the Dark Order. He could feud with Black. Feud with Cody Rhodes, for all we know. But, I mean, that, that's that's just off the top of my head for him. But... No, I can't see there being any ego or anything with, with Punk and Brian as such because they've came up through the Indies today and know how a lot of the guys have worked to get onto the, a, a major TV show in America. So, no, there's no real pitfalls for me. It's just all about if they can handle um, the feuds and, and discard some of the, the deadwood. Hey, I've got one last question for you, then, Si. You touched on it there. So I'll let you finish. Is there anyone else you would sign? Or would you go in a signing ban now? Because there's a few free agents. Um, yeah. Quite a few. Um, is there anyone else you think AEW should, should sign? Whether that be people like Strowman, we've mentioned Wyatt. I think we would all take Wyatt onto the roster. Yeah. Is there any women you would sign? Or, in fact, I'm going to regret saying this to you because you probably booked them in the main event of Dynamite <laughs> next week. Uh, Ric Flair, would you sign Ric Flair? Because yeah. Sai still thinks it's 1984, so he would no, no. him and him and Sting in the main event um, one last time. <laughs> I wouldn't have I wouldn't have Flair wrestling. I would bring him in and uh, align him with his future son-in-law and daddy. I would have had they two aligned and that would just be a good heel partnership. You could have Flair on the outside doing all the, the cheating that he used to do with, with Triple H back in the day. So that would be a good good team for them to come in. Um, well, well, Adam Cole's obviously supposed to be re-signing with WWE. I think Vince has offered him a, a, million, was a million a year. Uh, yeah. He's offered them, uh, and he only earns a hundred grand a year now, so Vince has offered them ten times his money, roughly. So he'll be staying at WWE. He would have been a good, uh, good jump across if he came over and feuded with Omega and that as well. But Strowman, as I said, no, nah, no way. Not good enough. Um, women wrestlers... I mean, they, they they can do it. There's only a good, there's only a few on the roster. I mean, Ruby Riot's supposed to be coming in. They say, they Thunder Rosa. She uh, yeah, she's good. She gives a good pop out, so uh, she'll be a good sign for them. Yeah, so they've got hard. They've got Britt Baker. They've got Cargill, who's still pretty green, but she's you can see she's got something about her. Um, but apart from that, there's not really many big names. So you you think if they can get someone to come across then. I think Lana, she'll end up coming across, but not as a wrestler. She'll come in maybe as, as Rusev's backup again. That would be a good one, the husband and wife team. So she'll come in at some point. Um, but no, I don't really think who else. I've seen that, was it Renee Young's contract and non-compete clause is up as well. So ah, they, might, they, might, 
they might get her in as some sort of backstage analyst again or something, but I think she's pretty happy just doing a wee podcast and stuff, because that seems to be kicking off in America with her and getting some good guests on that, so... Uh, no, uh, your main ones is your, your Bray Wyatt, your Ric Flair. I mean, Flair would be a no-brainer for me. He just adds credibility wherever he goes. And even though he's, what is he, 72, he's still a, a recognised icon in the world over. And there anyone else you would bring in? Or um, just just going to like him as a wrestler, to throw another name in there, probably Bobby Fish. I know he's quite an engineer-throwing type of guy, but... He did just recently get released from NXT as well, so uh, but but he's, he's still a great wrestler when he is fit. So I'd maybe throw him in there somewhere, do some stuff with him, uh, and and yeah, I, I agree with Flair as well. I think um, even just having a little stare down with Flair and Sting, don't need to do anything, don't need to touch each other. That little stare down just sort of says to you like, yeah. remember what you did? Like yeah, I, I, I do that. Uh, you could have that moment. So who is it that Sting's with? Is it Darby Allen? Yep. And then, then however you put Flair with, again, that's a moment, just in the ring, Tony Schiavone in commentary, Jim Ross in commentary, who called their matches all those years and years ago. Uh, the other thing is, uh, you could have the horseman. Yeah. Again, I'm not saying make a stable, but you could just have a wee moment, whether it's backstage yeah. or whether it's in ring with Flair, Arn, Tully, and who's the other one that's there? Who's the other one there? Malenko, yep, he's there. Malenko's there, he was on the horseman, and you'll get JJ Dillon kicking about, he does the odd shot, doesn't he? Yeah, he so comes again, on sometimes, and you've got the link to Brian Pillman as well with his boy who I think yeah. he's criminally underused. He needs to he needs to break out at some point. He's he's ready, in my opinion, he's ready to go. So Yeah, he's only really, really, uh, in fact, do you know what that would be a good put Rick Flair with him, that would be actually a good one. I mean that and have him like that sort of not like the arrogant nature boy take character, but just give some something to focus on and make some that next level star that he will be. Another one you've yeah, got Jungle Boy. You've got yeah. somebody to try and push and get up the, the height of the roster, but try to think who else you could put Flair away. Would you put him would you put him behind man page? No. Could, there could be something there with like the whole like party boy vibe that Rick Flister has. Mm-hmm. Could be doing like a little yeah, with him, but I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't stick him with with Hangman Page in a way. Um, like Flair could be used as great comedy value. I, I suppose you don't have to really stick him with someone every single. I mean, he probably will want to do something every single week because you know that was one of the reasons why he left yeah. WWE. But um, I, yeah, like, even just a little sort of thing where he's. Uh, Whereas, I, mean, I, I don't know, like maybe maybe they do like a, a backstage sort of segment where Hangman Page having a party and there's a whole bunch of, you know, like background staff and then you, at some point in it you just see Ric Flair with two women or something. That, that could be pretty funny. I'll, I'll give you one quickly. Uh, if you've got Hangman Page who's challenged for the belt and lost recently, didn't he? Before mm-hmm. his sort of next match, you could have him through Dynamite sitting. The, the cameras, it's in a bar, cameras cutting his behind somebody, looking over somebody's shoulder, and Paige is sitting there, just telling him all his stories, all his woes, and now you just flick in and out this for the whole the whole episode, right? It's a couple of minutes, and I tried this, I done this, and blah, 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 and you can see that he's bending this guy's ear, and at the end of the night, the last the last segment, you, you pull back the camera, and you sit and talk to Flair. That'll be cool. Flair's, Flair's not, woo, no, he's not, he's not that right, Flair. 
He's a serious trick player. The guy that's been at the top of the mountain, he's held the world title 16 times, and he gives him a pep talk. He tells him what he can do. He tells him to throw away that ball. He says, you'll not find your answers at the bottom of that. You've got to look inside you. Something like that, a speech. And then the next time he goes for that belt, Ric Flair's in his corner, and then they bring it home together. There you go. That's how you book Ric Flair. Um, but is there anything else to add before we wrap up this uh, AEW Dynamite size pod? Uh, I don't think so, no. We were just obviously discussing the more modern uh, stuff this week, so we'll probably go back to, I don't know what the next topic will be next week. I'll let you decide that one, Kevin. I think it was my choice this week, wasn't it? So we'll let you go back to choosing next week's. Um, I don't know if you want to say a couple of words about one of, one of our favourites, but definitely one of your favourites, um, Bob Eaton, who passed away last week there. He was 62. One of the greatest tag wrestlers of all time. I mean, myself and Kev used to watch, we used to have something with Sir Duncan that would post in one of the, the forums that we use as well, and David Edgar was hosting a very successful podcast elsewhere. Um, he, we used to have a wee Friday night, uh, what was it, four lads had a stream, we called it. Um, it and we had the four years watching uh, mostly the old WCW matches and just Bobby Eaton would nine times out of ten pop up and you would rarely see him have a bad match, Kev. I don't think we've ever seen him have a bad match. Every move counted and and adding to that, mate, the greatest mullet you've ever seen. I know there's been a few contenders, Eddie Guerrero and whatnot, but Bobby Eaton's mullet. Bobby Eaton is a, a worker. Part of, I think he's got to be up there as one of the best tag wrestlers ever. He's widely regarded as your favourite wrestler's favourite wrestler. Mm-hmm. Everyone from Stone Cold to Flair. I think anyone else in the Jim Connett's podcast this week, it was a very, very hard listen because he yeah, was talking was. about his friend who he travelled with and he was like a brother too and they were talking about the things they were going to do in next year for the Midnight Express's 40th anniversary or whatever it was and so sad. I mean, we hear about all these people, Sai, all these guys that they went too hard too early, whether it was drink, whether it was drugs, whether it was something else, and and they pass away. And it, it's sad, but Bob Eaton, genuinely, I don't think anyone had a bad word to say about him. Everybody wants to work with him because he was so smooth. He was absolutely amazing in the ring. And I, from all accounts, he didn't really think he was a star. He, That's he just thought he was a guy and just so humble. He was very underrated yeah. as well, and I'm sure when they turned him heel, I mean, that's some decent work there as well, and I think, was he aligned with Eagle at one point? Ah, they were a blue blood for a while in WCW. I mean, he tied Ron Anderson as well, and yeah. if you've got Art, you've got uh, Bobby Eaton, and that's, <laughs> that's a crack of a tag match right there, but uh-huh. I think we will do something based around tag team wrestling next week. Yeah. Uh, we're going to say Craig Fry, it's going to be our guest, but no, uh, R.I.P. Beautiful Bobby. Um, that's another one gone. That's from our childhood. But well, we just need to thank Xander for coming on. Xander, it's been a pleasure, mate. We will definitely be back on again, especially when we talk about this modern nonsense that you people call wrestling these days. <laughs> no, no, thanks for having me on, guys. It was a, a always a good little time to fantasy book some stuff in it. So uh, you know, everyone enjoys it. So. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, just to say a few words as well. Like I watched um, a very, very, very good match back in NWA Mid America for the tag team titles between uh, Eaton and I couldn't tell you his tag team partner, but they were against Gordy and Hayes before they became the Fabulous Freebirds. Mm-hmm. 
back in uh, the seventies. I, I went, I watched that back on YouTube, and uh, I that that holds up to this day, and to hold up to this day in modern wrestling back it's in the seventies, uh, it's, it's truly quite something. So, uh, yeah, rest in peace to someone who not only would have uh, paved the way in tag team wrestling, but is still used as a standard to this day in tag team wrestling. He is indeed the benchmark um, back when tag teams are rules and stuff like that. But, Sai, anything else to add before we, we go home? Is it, no, is it nothing at all. No, just another, another good show, another good hour and a bit speaking about the, the business that we, we still love to this day. And, I mean, even though it's the more modern stuff, I mean, that's the first time we've touched on the modern, but we're kind of going back 10 years to discuss two of the guys that were kind of part of why we... We loved wrestling at the time, 10 years ago, and, and really when, when Punk left from UK, we've got a wee part of the wrestling left as well, Brian as well, get injured off and on, so these guys have been on and off, most of Punk's been gone for the last year, so I'm looking forward to seeing if they can rekindle the old magic and, and certainly get more of the Laps fans in and get yourself watching AEW on a regular basis, because I think if they can hit it and hit the target, then it will be a good, be a good show. If anyone can do it, it'll be CM Punk. But thank you for joining us. Thank you all for listening. And we will speak to you hopefully this time next week. Thank you all and good night. At Quite The Thing Media, we aim to bring you the best podcasts produced by independent creators made without constraints. 